Hello and welcome to ChickFlix. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell, and today we're talking about two sports movies, A League of Their Own and Bend It Like Beckham. But first, let's catch up. What are you into, Bridget? Ooh, okay. Me first. Um, <laughs> so I just started watching this new show. I think it just debuted on the 18th um, to HBO Max called Sort Of. Uh, it's created by Bilal Baig, and it's about a gender-fluid millennial Pakistani person named Sabi who lives in Montreal, I think. It's a Canadian city. It's okay. one of those cities where you see it and you're like, this is so familiar. Like, everything in Canada looks like... <laughs> familiar but like different at the same time um like a bizarro world america um so it's about this person and it's kind of in the same vein of fleabag and um i may destroy you and that it follows a young person um at a pivotal moment in their life but it's also like the aesthetic style and like scope of the story is similar to those two works and that it's kind of like it's a comedy, but it's not like a lot of jokes per minute. Um, there's like very a lot of dramatic elements as well. Um, and it's definitely the first thing, TV show or movie I've probably watched with a non-binary character at the center as the lead and kind of also helming the show as well. Um, so that's been really interesting and cool. And it's about them. Um, they are a nanny for this like wealthy bougie family. And then the mother of the family uh, is in an accident and lapses into a coma right before Sabi was about to take off and go live in Berlin with their best friend. So they then have to choose between um, staying and kind of taking care of this family they've become attached to or going to Berlin. Um, So I'm only two episodes into it, but I've been enjoying it. Uh, And that's on, yeah, it's on HBO Max. And then the other thing I'm reading... Um, a short story book by Brian Washington. I read his book. Oh my God. What was that book called? I read his debut novel last year. Uh, its name is escaping me. Memorial. It's called Memorial. Um, but he is a Houston writer and this is his first book I'm reading. It's called lot and it's a collection of short stories. And like his first, like his book that I read last year, Memorial, it's been really fun to read because I feel like Houston is not often, um, featured in, books and TV shows and movies. It always bugged me when I lived there that there's so many movies about Boston and yet Boston is like a quarter of Houston's size. Yeah. And I'm like, why aren't there more things about Houston? You know, a ton of people live in Houston and it's so rarely like reflected in pop culture for some reason. Um, So I really enjoy Brian Washington's work because it feels like like you're in like a little secret club, but even though it's the fourth largest city in the country where you're like, oh my gosh, I know that street he's talking about. And I know that like cafe the characters are going to. Um, so I've really been enjoying that. What are you into, Kens? That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm into three very like fun shows. Uh, so the mm-hmm. first is Julie and the Phantoms, which is a remake of a Brazilian show that... Um, it's on Netflix, Julie and the Phantoms, and it's about a girl who <laughs> uh, is. She starts a band with ghosts, and the only way that the ghosts can like be seen by other people is if they're playing music with Julie. It's such a good premise. It, it's it's super cute. She, uh, the main actor, I don't know anyone's names in any of these shows, but. <laughs> 
Um, she's super cute. Uh, mm-hmm. She does seem like, I don't know, sometimes high schoolers just seem way older than yeah. in shows than they like, but she seems like a high schooler to me. Um, does she fall in love with one of the ghosts? She does fall in love with one of the ghosts, sort of, who is much older, so it's a little bit oh. weird. But uh, the all the boys in the band, the ghost band, like they are in their like early twenties. I would say. Did they die? Yeah, they died in the nineties, oh. and then they oh. and she finds like one of their old CDs in her like garage because that was their old studio, and yeah. she plays it, and then they like appear to her, but they was help it? her get back into uh. music because she stopped because her mom died. Oh, and um so sweet it's it's just it was super fun it had like a almost like disney channel movie love <laughs> feel it to it like one of the old ones like fa- like phantom of the megaplex or whatever was one i think a movie <laughs> or like halloween town almost like just like a sort of like goofy but very mm-hmm. charming and they were uh, they were very talented uh, I'm seeing that it was directed by Kenny Ortega yes. of High School Musical. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think they're going to have a second season because it ends on a very big cliffhanger. So Ooh. I'm hoping that they do have a second season. I watched it in one night with Kether. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the second thing I'm into is the final two seasons of Sabrina I watched uh, finally. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I first watched, I mean, I watched the first season when it came out years ago um, and I was sort of disappointed by it, I think, because I Mm -hmm. had expected something more like polished or more, not polished, but more like sophisticated or something. Yeah. Um, But I have like come to accept it as like super, it's like super campy and I feel like um the plot almost like doesn't matter really it's Mm. just like it's really fun to see these people like hanging out with each other and like also just be in like crazy costumes and like crazy like monsters Mm -hmm. and i think it's it is like you're like in a haunted house it feels like that almost so it's like a really it was like a really cool feeling um Mm -hmm. Karen Shipka, the main actress, is definitely like the weakest actress. Yeah, that's what I remember from watching. It like almost works because you're just like, this is just like so ridiculous, the whole thing. Um, Does it have a crossover with Riverdale? Yeah, it does. Okay, interesting. Um, Yeah, I think like the main tension is like, oh, these people like making these decisions that drive the plot forward. But the actual outcomes of it doesn't matter because <laughs> I think that like a lot of times they're reversed or like like you see people like die so many times and then be like resurrected. Yeah, you're no like stakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't actually matter. I don't know. That's it's funny. just it is like fun. Um, but we just actually finished that. Um, and it was good. I I teared up a tiny bit at the end. I will say. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the third like fun show I've been watching is the second season of Lock and Key, which I might have talked about when I watched the first season. Yes, I'm not sure. Yeah, um, it's about a a house that has magical keys that each key has like a different power. So like one key turns you into a ghost, the other key like 
allows you to go into your mind like it's a physical place. Uh, another one allows you to like be transported anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm liking the second season more than the first. Even I feel like the first one I was like, this is this is really silly. But I feel like in the second one, it's kind of coming more into its own. It's more. Mm-hmm. I think it has like found its footing a little bit, um, and is just a little bit more interesting uh because of that so Mm -hmm. and it you know all these fun magical shows (laughs) it's really just like i feel like it's sort of all i have the capacity for right now um yeah (laughs) that's the escapism we need yeah (laughs) on a day-to-day yeah (laughs) well let's jump into these two movies we're talking about which are sports movies about women and directed by women um and they're 10 years apart, which I kind of like that oh, wow. neatness. Yeah. Uh, cool. So this is A League of Their Own from 1992. It's 1943 and World War II has nearly shut down Major League Baseball due to the enlistment of most able-bodied men. But America's favorite pastime is revived by the creation of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. Among its players are Dottie Henson and Kit Keller, two sisters from Oregon, who compete both on on the field and off. Oh, the fact that they had two last names like threw me for a loop for two different you last names. You know what's I was like really what? weird? <laughs> when I was typing up notes for this, I had perfect recall of every character's first and last name, wow. which never happens. I'm I was impressed. Yeah, I was thinking of a book I read in February and I or, no, I'm sorry, as recently as March and I couldn't remember a single character's name from like an 800-page fantasy book I read. <laughs> and yet I was like Dottie Hinson, Kit Keller, Jimmy Dugan. I like, it's like they flowed out of me. Maybe it's because I've seen this movie a few times, but I don't know why I retained that. Um, I just, I think like always was forgetting that she was married in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because she she seems so like young, I guess. I don't know. Totally. Uh, And her husband just seems like tacked on to Bob. Um, played by serial forgotten husband Bill Pullman. He's always okay. The the husband that's not chosen, yeah. I think, or the guy that's second best. Yeah, in in most things. Yeah. Um, this movie was directed by Penny Marshall, uh, who's known for Laverne and Shirley and for being a comedian. Um, and her brother Gary Marshall also appears in the film as like the older man who gets Tom Hanks to um to coach the baseball team. Oh. And her older brother, Gary, is also in... I think actually maybe both Gary and Penny are in Hocus Pocus when the witches go into that house where the devil is. That's them? Uh, that's them. Yeah, oh they're God. playing husband and wife there. Yeah, that's so cute. That's um, really funny. Yeah, so this was a family affair movie. Penny Marshall's daughter, Tracy, also plays Betty Spaghetti, um, which is super cute. That is very and cute. And apparently... Yeah, and um, she was inspired to make the film after watching a documentary about the All-American Girls League, which is such a crazy name. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, she collaborated with the documentarians who made that movie. And this is the highest grossing baseball movie of all time. Wow, I believe it. I mean, I can't even think, like, what, Field of Dreams, I guess. That's the only one I could think of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess Eight Men Out. I was forced to watch in high school. It was super boring. It was oh. about when the White Sox like threw the World Series on purpose, and it was a scandal. Oh, oh wow! They like they accepted bribe money. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, I can Angels see why this in one. The outfield. That's okay, we're thinking of we're thinking of them. Yeah. 
there's got to be more. Yeah. Uh, but I really liked this movie as a kid. I saw it and I remember like really liking it because there were so many women in it being like, this is for us. Like this is about ladies. Um, and I still really like it, even though I don't think it's a perfect film. Uh, I still enjoy it. What are your thoughts? I hadn't seen it, um, until a couple years ago. And I think I didn't like it as much as I had thought I would. Mm. I, and I think that's because I just don't like sports movies that yeah. Much. I think I had like hyped it up as this like I would feel very like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was like everyone loves this movie. I'm gonna love it. But like of course mm-hmm. I'm not gonna like love it. It's a sports movie. But then this time I think I liked it more rewatching it because I was like Mackenzie, you don't like sports. Just like yeah, <laughs> find something else in it. And I did, you know. <laughs> and baseball is the most boring sport by yeah. far. By mm-hmm. far. I don't like sports movies either. Um <laughs> And I do think if I'm just going to start with like a criticism of the movie, I feel like there needed to be a f- like I felt like something was cut. You know, there mm-hmm. there seemed like there was um, like a scene to establish maybe like more conflict between the sisters Dottie and Kit, or also I feel like there was probably a pivotal something cut between Jimmy Dugan and Dottie. Uh, it just seems like unfulfilled kind of. Uh, yeah. I would say, I think I feel like, I felt like that more with the sisters. Like, I think that mm-hmm. they have this, like, um, so the sisters sort of fall, have a falling out. They're on the same team. They have a falling out. And then Kit is transferred mm-hmm. to a different team. And then there's sort of like a montage of them, mm-hmm. the two teams, uh, I was going to say fighting each other, but fighting what is, <laughs> in the like, world series, they're playing in the world playing series. against each other, yeah. <laughs> I guess fighting. Um, and, and it's sort of the pacing of that, I think is a little weird. Cause you just, you're, you're sort of, I'm trying to remember like how it even happens. Like I think, and Dottie leaves and Kit leaves and then, mm-hmm. and then, and then Dottie leaves to go back with her husband, like right away, almost. I think. Yeah. And yeah. so there's no, there's no feeling of them competing against each other. Yeah. At, with the in the two different teams until the very like end scene, which I think is a little weird. Like I feel like there should have been more buildup to them yes. competing against each other. I mean, there is yes. the whole movie is sort of like building that tension. I yeah. guess. But it does feel a little rushed at the end. I would say. It does feel like a big dick move of Dottie to be like, I'm going to come back at the very end. Yeah. Series, to, just to try too. to beat you. Yeah. Like, like Betty was, <laughs> and yeah. Betty was like, uh, do Pitching it. Yeah, or do it. umpiring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole <Whoa>. time. <laughs> yeah. Very weird. Um, it's an interesting, like, uh, separation between the two sisters because I think it's like Dottie is the better athlete, but she mm-hmm. wants it less. And yeah. Kit is the worst athlete, but she wants it more. Yeah. Um, and that's like uh, part of an interesting dynamic to watch amongst them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lori Petty and Gina Davis could not look more different physically. <laughs> Gina Davis is like statuesque <laughs> and like a beautiful sculpture. And I, I love Lori Petty's looks, but she's like a little more angular mm-hmm. and tiny, petite. Mm-hmm. And I think to compensate for that, they'd give them the same color wig. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very funny. Yeah. They just have the same color hair. Yeah. And they're like sisters. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Which like, um, I feel like. It works. I'm like, that works. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's how genetics are. Yeah. One person just looks totally different. Um, 
I like how but, in the notes you put you called back to a joke you made in the Our Fly episode, which is that you called Gina Davis Gina the Stallion because she's so yes. tall. And in our notes, you said Gina the Davis, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, I, uh, Gina Davis is nice to look at. Yeah. Uh, she's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, there's an interview with Lori Petty and Vulture where she talks about like the motivation for her character was super easy to tap into because yeah. she was like, if you were Gina Davis's sister, you would hate your life too. Yeah. I, I texted you the same thing. Like, I yeah. also have a complex. Yeah. It would Davis be hard. My older sister. Um, Tom Hanks is the male lead in this movie playing Jimmy Dugan, the coach of the, uh, Roxford Peaches that we follow. He has some really, he makes weird choices in this movie. And Tom Hanks makes a lot of weird choices sometimes. I feel like now he's become like this super mainstream, like affable dad actor. That's like his persona. But when you watch some of his older stuff, he's a fucking weirdo. Um, (laughs) I just recently watched You've Got Mail and he does, he has this like moment where he is like freaking out and he's like, "Ah!" he's like shaking a, a fence and like screaming um, and he has some moments like that in this film yeah. where I thought he was almost Nick Cage like uh, in yeah. his performance. Yeah, I, th- I totally agree. And it, he also is like playing a villain for most of this movie. Yes, he's, he's a dick. Pretty villainous for the first like <laughs> half, uh, which is something else you don't really see from Tom Hanks. Yeah, totally. He gets the most iconic line. There's no crying in baseball mm-hmm. after he makes um, one of the women cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Very triggering to watch. Yeah. Uh, Uh, and, um, he has this mutual respect with Gina Davis's character that kind of gets built because she's such an undeniably good athlete. And I couldn't find this, but I kind of remember reading this at one point that there was like a kiss scene that was edited out between them Mm -hmm. or just something was not kept in the film to make their relationship instead totally platonic. But I feel like for it to be more satisfying, they either needed to be like, this is a totally platonic relationship or to include kind of like some sort of choice that Gina Davis has to make between Bob, her veteran, um, our army husband and Tom Hanks. And I was like, what's the word I'm looking for? Here? <laughs> um, yeah. What I, did you think? Did you think they have sexual tension? I, I don't, I may, I'm interested. I wish I could remember what I thought when I first saw this mm-hmm. movie. Um, cause I probably did. I think I probably yeah. did think that when I first saw it, but watching it again, I, I didn't think they had very much chemistry. Yeah. I thought I did think it was more of like a, like they were like, they became buddies sort yeah. of. Um, and I think because Gina Davis's character is just like, is just so serious. I think mm-hmm. about, about the game, but also about like I think the only time she lets herself be not serious is like when she's with Kit, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's just so like dedicated. She ha- she wants to do, she wants to be like a wife and a mom, and she's just yeah. like so driven towards that mm-hmm. goal that I don't think I I really uh, like mm-hmm. saw Jimmy and her as a as a thing. I guess yeah. Um, period pieces like this that are kind of um, introducing like complicated ideas maybe about feminism that weren't that are maybe like uh, anachronistic to the time is that how you say that word yeah sure. whatever uh, 
are like tough. I think this movie introduces uh, some like kind of funny elements like the women have to take etiquette classes Mm -hmm. and like they're judged on their appearances Mm -hmm. and also like Gina Davis wants to be like just a housewife. Mm -hmm. But I think it toes the line between kind of pointing out um, like sexism of the time without being like, we're going to make one of these women have like a big barn burner speech that like Mm -hmm. maybe wouldn't make sense for the 1940s. Um, it makes me think of a little, it's like a weird comparison maybe, but it makes me think of the TV show glow, which I adored. Um, but I always thought that for the eighties, sometimes it was like the characters were unnaturally progressive, you know, Mm. like they were all like very chill about like there being a lesbian on the team. Mm. And I was always like, really? Like would all of those women be chill about being, there being a lesbian on the team? Is that realistic? I don't know. Um, they're rebooting this for Amazon. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Oh, wow. No, it's I didn't. It's going to be a TV show with Abby Jacobson. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, yeah. maybe I did see that. Who else is going to mm-hmm. be in it? Do you know? Um, like, like people you would recognize. A lot of people from like comedy you would recognize. It seems like they have made a concerted effort to cast um, a lot of women of color. Uh, and there okay. is this short scene in the original movie where mm-hmm. um, a ball goes out of bounds mm-hmm. and a, there's a group of black women kind of hanging by the edge of the field mm-hmm. and they, they throw the ball back um, to Gina Davis and mm-hmm. everyone's like impressed by mm-hmm. um, the throw. Yeah. So maybe Which it'll... is like good. I mean, like mm-hmm. they didn't have to include that mm-hmm. scene in yeah. or that even just like that shot basically mm-hmm. in the movie but i'm glad that they did because i think yeah. that it alludes to like a much bigger picture mm-hmm. of like the time Definitely. period mm-hmm. totally and that like there's um kind of also in keeping with maybe like some realistic elements about the 1940s but uh, yeah exactly but like you know trying to point out that there's another group of women that are even more excluded from playing sports than yeah. uh you know our heroes mm-hmm. uh yeah, um, this movie always makes me choke up a little, even though it's not that sad or that even that sappy. But I I do get teary eyed um, when Dottie and Kit talk at the end of the movie and mm-hmm. when they see each other as adult women. Um, really good old lady casting. Yeah, I it's Gina Davis is herself though, right? No, it's a different person. It's a different person, but Gina Davis's voice is dubbed okay. over her speech. So That's so confusing because it, it looks, looks so, so much, much like her. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. I was, I was like, I could not believe that. And they also do a good job ca- uh, casting the older versions of Madonna and Rosie Donald's yeah. character. Even Kit, too. Even Kit, yeah. Um, I like all of the supporting characters. I think uh, Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell especially are like fun to watch. Yeah, they have good they chemistry together. They have sweet together. beats. They yeah. have really good chemistry together. Um. Rosie O'Donnell gets a good little speech where she talks about her no good boyfriend who's enlisted and how like she has to accept how badly he treats her because he's the only man that would want her. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But then she has like a bunch of admirers, which is nice. Yeah, it is nice. Um, They do. They do dirty by poor Marla Hooch, though, in this film. Yeah. I mean, he he, she does get married to like a cutie. Yeah. Yeah, um, you're right. But yeah, I think they do do dirty by her, to be honest. Um, but it's nice. It's like she it's fun to see her as an old lady, too, I think. Um, yeah. And her relationship with her dad is really sweet, I think. So sweet. Oh, very sweet. 
uh, he, <laughs> it's funny. yeah, he's like, I didn't have like her mom died. So I just raised her like a boy, but he's just so supportive of her, like, and yeah. her wanting to play baseball. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's very cute. Uh, it is super cute. I do think that, um, the, it does feel almost like even it, I think the reason I kept forgetting that Gina Davis was married is because this movie almost seems like a coming of age movie in some ways, mm. because like when, uh, D- Dottie and Kit say goodbye at the end, it does mm. feel like this moment where, you know that their lives will never be the same. They'll never be living mm-hmm. together again, really. Yeah. Um, and so it's sort of like this, like growing up type of like feeling, mm-hmm. um, or like their childhood is gone or, you know, yeah. something like that where it's like their, their lives are like diverging, which is just yeah. like something that everyone, you know, goes through, but it's just mm-hmm. very kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like this golden era for them which at the beginning of the film, uh, Dottie's daughter says to her, like, when are you going to realize how special it was Mm -hmm. about um, her time with the league? Yeah. Um, Yeah. A sweet little film. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about before we jump into some pretty bonkers one-star reviews? Sure. Uh, I think we can jump in to the one-star reviews. This is a one-star review, I want to point out. So it's one out of ten. But the person starts by saying... First, let me say I think this movie is one of the best I have ever seen. <laughs> Wait, so what's what? Co- so what's coming next? The only thing I have a problem with is when Dottie and Kit meet at the Hall of Fame ceremony near the end of the movie. Is it just me or is the woman who plays an older Kit going into convulsions when she hugs Dottie? Her eyes are blinking faster than the red lights on a railroad, railroad crossing gate and it looks like she's having a spasm. One star. <laughs> what the fuck? What? This is wacky. Isn't that weird? What? <laughs> Not, you know, it's the best movie you've ever seen, but you can't get over that one thing. <laughs> I do think that when they meet at the end, it sort of does mm-hmm. feel like... I almost do feel bad for Dottie because Kit has... Kit yeah. did play in the league for longer, and she has, like, this huge family with her. Yeah. And Dottie, the reason she left the league is to have a family. So she has yeah. a... I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, it is a little sad. Yeah. But I liked when the kids were like, hi, Aunt Dottie. Yeah. And and Dot, little Dottie, one, kid little Dottie. one of her kids, yeah. Dottie or something. So um, cute. Or her grandkids, I don't know. But uh, the second one-star review is, this movie sheds no real insight into the league and is just a stupid movie about sibling rivalry between the Gina Davis and Laurie Petty characters. John Lovitz is the only character with any funny lines, but his character is gone after the first 10 minutes and you should do the same. That's wild because he has such offensive lines. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This person just wanted to see a man be vulgar. Yeah. Not ladies playing sports. Yeah. (laughs) Mackenzie, what are your final thoughts and rating for a league of their own, which I alternatively refer to it as a league of our own. So I never know what it yeah, truly is. Well, we're women, so it is our yeah. league. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess. Uh, um, I had not put any thought into what I was going to rate this. Um, I guess I'll rate it 
A six? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to rate it a seven and a half. I think this movie has a large nostalgia factor for me, and it's like a comfort watch. Um, I think I just watched it at the exact right moment, maybe as like a 12-year-old girl, uh, where I... It's a very quotable film. Um, there's such great characters. Uh, I do feel, though, like there's just something missing. There's just like an, a scene, another scene that we needed, uh, you know, to establish kind of a little more, a little more conflict uh, and characterization for the main characters. But let's jump into our next film. Uh, switching from baseball to football. No, not that football. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> Um, so this is Bend It Like Beckham from 2002. Jasminder Bamra loves one thing in life, football, a.k.a. soccer. Um, <laughs> her bedroom is covered in pictures of football star David Beckham, and she spends her free time playing in the park with a group of guy friends. Her strict Sikh parents don't approve of Jess's love of the game, and so she must hide her participation in a girls' league from them, as well as her burgeoning relationships with Jules, another ambitious player, and Joe, their Irish coach. And this was written and directed by Gurinder Chadha, um, who recently directed Blinded by the Light, which was that movie about um, an Indian kid in uh, England getting super into Bruce Springsteen. Oh, um, okay. I think my parents saw it and liked it. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> and also Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. So she has low-key had, you know, um, a pretty memorable career. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I, like, forgot that this movie was called Bend It Like Beckham, and I was reading your notes, and the notes were like, Beckham allowed us to use his name. And I was like, huh? Huh? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yeah, his name is in the title of the movie. That's kind of wild. It is kind of wild. And apparently, he was, like, known in the soccer world, the football world in England, but not a big star yet. And this movie helped contribute to, like, his rise. Yeah. Um. And so this is from the director in an interview. Originally, the other writer, uh, Guljit, who was into soccer, she had been all over Ryan Giggs, another player. I had changed it from Ryan Giggs to David Beckham because of the girl power and because of his whole being comfortable being a gay icon. Beckham gave us permission to initially to use his name because he wanted to promote girls' soccer and he wanted more families to come see soccer matches. That's really cute. It's so cute. And I didn't know he was a gay icon. Me neither. Um... I believe her. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe he did like those Calvin ads or something. Maybe it was like a modeling. I don't know. But he also, based on this and some things I read on his Wikipedia page, I think he is a himbo. Um, Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard him talk. No. But he, has a, he has like a high squeaky pitched voice. No. Oh, my gosh. And I was reading on his Wikipedia page, so he's married to Posh Mice, mm-hmm. and he has a bunch of tattoos, and he wanted to get her name tattooed on him, but he said it would be tacky to get her name tattooed on him in English. So he got the Sanskrit translation of her name, but it's misspelled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man. Okay. So funny. It's, what's her name? Is it Melanie? She Victoria. Mel- Victoria? Oh, yeah, Victoria. Yeah. There are mm-hmm. two Melanies, so I, I, had, yeah, Mel- I had a good shot there. <laughs> and Mel C has a song on this soundtrack when they're shopping. That's her song. Oh, wow. Yeah. So kind of a Spice Girls movie as well. Um, they do mention the Spice Girls too, don't they? I think so. They something about, they say something they about do. The They Girls. do. They do mention them at some point. Um, so I think I saw this movie probably right when it came out. How about you? 
I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. You don't know? I probably okay. <laughs> watched it in like high school or something. High school, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember I was I played soccer from first grade to sixth grade or first grade to eighth grade. Wow. Um, yeah, and I stopped playing because in high school you had to just play on the girls' team, and I was like, I only want to play with the boys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, so I, I really like soccer. I like that soccer is an easy sport to watch because like you don't really need to know any rules. I feel yeah. like baseball and football are very rule heavy. Mm-hmm. Soccer, it's just like people are trying to get the fucking ball in the goal. Yeah. And that's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very fast paced. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a cute, a cute rewatch. Um, kind of gets by, I think, on a lot of charm on the part of Parminder Nagra, who plays Jess. She's delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. She she's so cute. Um, she's super cute. I do think that like it's crazy to think about like how watching movies at a different period in your life can like change how you see them. And I felt this mm-hmm. way probably too about like a League of Their Own. But like I think I did when I watched this the first time. I was like they're in love Jules and Jess are in love like obviously but this Mm -hmm. time I was more interested in like the family dynamic um and how like I I thought I felt like the most sort of interesting relationship was almost like Jess and her dad which makes perfect sense since uh Gurinda Chatta I think dedicated this movie Mm -hmm. to her dad which I thought was really sweet. sweet Yeah, it's and the dad kind of had um, a parallel experience to Jess's when he was a young man in England, where he experienced racism when mm-hmm. he tried to um, play on a cricket team, mm-hmm. um, and so like that's where his concern is rooted in. Um, and I thought that was important that they included that too, and kind of like rather than making the parents seem like just like intolerant for no reason of Jess's uh, like love of sports. Mm -hmm. They like kind of baked, they kind of made a, they did a good job of like being like very well-rounded in how they approached um, their concern for her, I think. And so it wasn't just like totally unreasonable, strict Mm -hmm. parents. Yeah. Yeah. They like Mm -hmm. they're they did like explain the backstory and like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. what what was I just watching recently where it was like, uh, a a uh oh, it was Paranorman. <laughs> I want I put Paranorman on, and the mom at one point says to Norman, "Like your dad is just scared for you, not scared like of you or something like that." Aww. Like so, I, I don't know. The dad, I feel like in this one was just like oh, you know mm-hmm. watching out for her uh, the best way that he knew how, and I think that she mm-hmm. has a line too in this. Um. Or maybe, maybe Joe says it. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, someone says that they're just afraid of what they don't like know that, or that mm-hmm. like she'll be taken. Yeah, Jess will be taken yeah. out of the world that they like know. Um, which I thought was a good way to put it too. Definitely. Um, I liked that this movie has. There's almost like this shorthand in 
visual media about teen girls where it's like teen girls have vivid fantasy lives. I'm this is gonna be like a half baked thought I'm trying to put out there. But it made me think a little of like, you know, like Lizzie McGuire where she has like the avatar that like pops yep. into her brain. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, like Sakura in uh Sakura Sakura Sakura, Sakura in Naruto. Uh, you know, also has like a little like avatar that yeah. she like uh, processes emotions with and <laughs> Jess has a little of that in this movie and I think it's interesting that the director went on to do um, Angus Songs and Perfect Snogging mm-hmm. uh, where Jess like you know like talks to David Beckham and it, yeah. he's like kind of like her imaginary friend yeah. and she also at the end of the movie uh, like has a like a vision of her female relative standing in front of the goal yeah. uh, before she like makes the shot uh, so I like that. And I wonder if like anyone has written about that, you know, like girls being specifically like, like having like a fantasy narrative to their everyday life. Yeah. Um, oh, that, that would be super interesting to read about. Yeah. Maybe you um, should write something about it. Perfect. Maybe I should. <laughs> uh, I also read an interview with the director and, um, uh, the actress who plays Jess's sister where they both talked about like. Um, disappointment that this movie was a huge financial, like commercial success mm-hmm. and critical success, and yet it did not translate into more movies with Asian women in the lead. Yeah, um, which is so interesting. Yeah, that it's like always like you can pr- you can have a smash hit with a woman or you know a person of color, and it's always like the exception and not uh you know like a trend. Right. You know? Yeah, and I and I think in that interview. Mm-hmm the director says that she wanted to make like what was it she wanted to make like the most commercial film that she could make with an asian woman in the lead and i thought that was like that was super interesting for me to read i think because Mm -hmm. it is like very like very it feels very like commercial like it is yeah it's relatable it's like a rom-com it has like sports it has like family drama Mm -hmm. like it just is very like 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 and it was successful like it had all like yeah so but to me i think like i said like rewatching it this time like the most interesting aspect to me was like her family mm-hmm. and like how that relationship develops over the course of the movie totally. um so it to me it's like successful because of that so it's mm-hmm. like like what the like we need yeah what the fuck <laughs> totally and yeah uh and it's just such a you can tell with both of these films not to be a gender essentialist but like the the care in representing um like female friendships and relationships like sister relationships uh, yeah. um it's just like really well thought out and really well like conceived um but we should talk about uh joe the irish coach too <laughs> yeah it's important to note that he's Irish and has faced discrimination himself. <laughs> so, <laughs> which like we said this when we were watching, like yes, there's a lot of political background to uh, Ireland yeah. and England. However, because <laughs> yeah. he different does, still. Like, there's a part where Jess is like, you don't know what it's like to be called a slur, and he's like, yes, I do. I'm Irish. And it's just like. It's like, look, to some American people, no one would be able to tell the difference between you and an English man. So, <laughs> um, it is different. And he, 
they never uh, really say how much older he is than Jess, which gives the movie an icky feeling to yeah. watch because he could really be anywhere from like 20 to 23 or how, how what's the age difference between the actors do we know well that i don't us, but like, i some do sort know, of glimpse <laughs> i do know that uh she is she is older um okay the actress who plays jess is 10 years older than kira knightley so she's okay. probably like in her mid-20s uh okay when i mean yeah but this. also kira knightley is also in love with <laughs> Yeah, and, and Kira Knightley looks so young. Yeah, she's like sixteen in this in the movie. I think. She looks like a baby too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is Kira Knightley's like one of her first film roles, and kind of launched her career. Like mm-hmm. uh, that's something else that was pointed out uh, in that Entertainment Weekly interview that you know Kira Knightley got a lot of the marketing coverage for this film, and then kind of became the big star afterwards too, which is like you know racist. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it is, she does, like, you know, they, the, I, like we said, the actress who plays Jess is, like, very charming and charismatic. But so is Keira Knightley in this. Uh, it's just funny that she was the breakout star, you know? Yeah, it's it's crappy. Um, mm-hmm. um, some parallels to A League of Their Own. Two sisters. One chooses domesticity and the other sports, mm-hmm. showing the multitude of paths there are yeah. for modern women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does, I think, um, in A League of Their Own more so than this movie, I felt that, that, and it's another, like, feeling of, like, just growing up, I guess, but, like, mm-hmm. this feeling of, like, you have to make the decision. Like, there are many things that you might want to do, but you have to pick one. It's like that mm-hmm. fig tree, Sylvia Plath, yeah. bell jar shit. Totally. Where it's just, like, you have to, mm-hmm. like sort of say goodbye to these other lives that you could have lived because mm-hmm. there's only so much you can do in one life which is also just mm-hmm. it's just like a sad thing that is a part of life <laughs> totally a good coming of age lesson yeah that you just keep learning your whole life <laughs> and i did but i didn't feel like that in this movie because it's like she says goodbye to joe which is like i didn't feel <laughs> much uh stakes in that i guess but she gets but she gets to be with her friend and do soccer. So I was That's like, true. it was much more like, it, it sort of, I guess, was, uh, I felt less of that sad, that, that sad feeling in Bend It Like Beckham. It's a happy ending. For it sure. is happy, yeah. And they see it's not Beckham, it's a lookalike at the end. I also read that. Okay, that makes they sense. I was him, thinking about yeah. that. And it's a, is it Posh a lookalike as well? Yeah, okay. yeah. They wanted to be in it, but they just like had scheduling issues or Aww, whatever. Oh, they wanted to be yeah. in it. That's really Isn't cute. that so sweet? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, it's, I also was reading that when they were like getting ready to market the film in America, n- American people like didn't know what Bend It meant. Like it was a common like soccer expression about Beckham in England, uh-huh. but it did not. It just didn't make any yeah, what sense does to it people. Over, it's like he like he like bends, kicks. you know, and he's yeah, okay. he like kicks it. He, <laughs> he's like bendy. Yeah. Okay. So it's so it, and on Wikipedia it says like bend it like Beckham or kick it like Beckham, which That's... is not as fun to say. But they also apparently wanted to change it to move it like Mia, like Mia Ham. Oh wow! Um, for American audiences, but that would have changed a lot of the film. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, yes. they don't really mention her that much. I think maybe no, once. they don't. They mention her once. Yeah, uh, and this movie also has been cited um, by where is this? That uh, every single one of the women's soccer team basically said that 
they got into soccer because of the movie. Which is that's really awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. It's really cool. Yeah. I guess I do wish there was more soccer playing, which is weird for me to say. But yeah. I feel uh, like... <laughs> I Well, I think that one of the things that I really love about A League of Their Own is all of the like girls hanging out together. Yeah. And I wish yeah. there was more of that in Bend It Like Beckham. I feel like there's a mm-hmm. bit less of that. Um, the team is less present yeah. as an entity. You yeah, know? definitely. Like, you, if, who knows what their names are, you know, like, but you no, could yeah. recall, like, all the names from yeah. the League of Their Own. Uh, exactly. That's I guess they point. had more room to mm-hmm. expand those characters or just, it was, yeah, I don't know. I There is there was more about the family, which, you know, I liked. Uh, so yeah. I, no complaints, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I also loved, at the end, during the credits, uh, there's like behind the scenes footage of them all singing like the same song. Oh, that was the whole so movie. cute. I loved it. It was so cute. Um, it just looked like they had a blast. Um, mm-hmm. also I did look up the ages of all the actors and, uh, Jonathan Rice Myers or whatever is seven years older than Kira Knightley, but Parminder Nagra is two years older than Jonathan Rice Myers. So, okay. Phew. Yeah. <laughs> but also, he should not be a guardian of young women. Exactly, no. Like, that, that is their actor's they, age, but oh. in the movie, he is their coach. <laughs> yeah, and he takes them out dancing, clubbing in Germany, and he dances with both of them at the same time. Yeah, so weird. Arrest him. <laughs> okay, let's jump into some one-star reviews. The first is... Playing football is pretty nice, but mixing it up with different cultures and trying to make a comedy from it gets to an interesting end, a blow up. I just forgot where to laugh in this movie. Not that I'd cry either. It's useless. Trash it. Ew. Can this person, like, walk and talk at the same time? Probably not. Um, (laughs) Like, just fucking watch sports then. Jesus Christ. I know. Like, God. This movie was rotten, is the second review. The acting was awful, and the plot was mirrored in star-crossed love triangles. There's even a homosexual section, so everyone's properly offended. The only thing they didn't do here is kill a whale and run over a nativity scene with a satanic dump truck. What the fuck? So, people are crazy. Also, yes, it should be mentioned that there are there is a gay character in this movie. Um, that I think there's like... Uh, Kira Knightley's mom has like gay panic over the girls relationship yeah. but otherwise they it's a, like a pretty progressive film in regards to the yeah friend I guess you're gay. right yeah. yeah it was like 2002 too so yeah it's like not a big deal that he is gay yeah to Jess yeah yeah, yeah I think you're right mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. be interested to see like a gay remake of this movie yeah. where they do actually end up together because I mean even watching it this time I was like oh I guess I didn't feel much about Jules and Jess, frankly, mm. like watching mm. it the second time. I was just like, Meh. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I could definitely like lean into that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Well, Mackenzie, what is your rating for uh, kick it like Beckham? <laughs> um, I'm going to read it a six, the same as league of their, like both of these movies I think are like fun. And yeah, uh, I, you know, gleaned different things from them mm-hmm. on upon like rewatching. So I appreciate that about a movie. Like I appreciate being able to see different things uh, when I rewatch it. So, mm-hmm. but I just you know these movies are just like not not my fave, but yeah, they're good. So six, totally. I'm gonna do a six as well. I feel like the difference here is that I probably watched a league of their own a lot more when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So I think if you had like 
been into this movie in mm-hmm. middle school age, it probably would have a really special place in yeah. your heart. But um, I'm glad we watched it, and it was sweet. And I hope that um, Grinder Chadha gets to keep making more movies. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I am glad that I now know to follow her career. Yeah, I yeah mm-hmm. same. I think that you know it was it was a really well made movie. I would say mm-hmm. like it is like yeah. she could be doing many more like commercial movies. You know, yeah. What the heck? All right. Um, so Chick Flicks is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Grieve Carlson for our music. Our next episode will be on Titan, 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 French, <laughs> and, <Titane? laughs> and Transformers. We already did Christine. Yeah, oh so yeah, we're picking a different car. <laughs> you can follow Chick Flicks on Instagram and Twitter at Chick Flicks Pod and email us at chickflickspodcast at gmail Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.